0: Amen. I mean, that's some good news right there, right? That God is bigger than uh, we thought He was. And so, in every living room that's watching, and in this room right here, let's give God a big shout out for being bigger than we thought. Come on. Hey, come on. Get off the couch. Get off the couch. All right. Put down that cereal bowl and that Pop-Tart. It's time to get rocking and rolling here at Maple Grove. Hey, I do want to get one thing straight. People tell me that the camera makes you look heavier, all right? So, I'm a lot thinner in person, as people can attest to, be quiet in, out there, um, than then actually uh, it looks. Hey, hey, hey! this morning we're going to wrap up our three-week series on the coronavirus. And I, I got to be honest, when the end of December, when I was thinking about what I needed to share uh, with God's people in the year 2020, uh, a series on coronavirus was never on my radar at all. Uh, but yet here we are on March the 2020. Things happen, and things have changed in so many different ways. And listen, the last few weeks, we've talked about some really important things that God wants us to remember in this crisis or whenever we're facing a difficulty. Uh, God wants you to remember that, that He is still on His throne, that He is in control, that He can be trusted, that He is your help, and that He is great, and that He is good, And listen, when you remember those things, when you remember those things, you will not fear, you will trust, and you will not worry, you will pray. And we also talked about how, you know, in this current crisis we're in right now, or any crisis for that matter, within those are opportunities. And we talked about how we do not want to miss those opportunities. And I just want to encourage you, uh, don't miss the opportunity now to grow in your faith. Listen, you do not just have to go through this hard time or any hard time in your life. You can also grow through those hard times. Don't miss the opportunity to deepen your relationships. Don't miss the opportunity to show the world the the beauty of our Christ and his church. And we also talked about last week, we we said that we need to keep our response simple, right? Kiss, keep it simple, stupid, right? And our response really is simple as A, B, C, D, right? A, attitude is everything, and that's your choice, right? B, be flexible and fluid. Things are changing all the time. C, center your thoughts on Christ. And D, determine who you want to be um, when this thing ends. And it will end, just like every crisis you've been in before has ended. Now, next week, we're going to talk about Palm Sunday, about Jesus' ride in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And we're going to look at it through the eyes of some people who were actually there that day. But this morning, uh, March the 29th, 2020, uh, the conversation I want to talk about, I'm calling perfectly positioned for a reset. Have you ever had to reset your computer or reset your phone, reset your router, reset your cable box? And and why do we do that, right? We do it because something's not working, right? Your computer's locked up. You know, on my Mac, you get that little spinning wheel going round and round sometimes, and you got to reset so you don't throw your computer against the wall, right? When you reset, it gets rid of the junk, rid of the errors, it returns it to its uh, original condition, returns things to how they should be. And, and And I really believe that this coronavirus, you know, like it or not, it's here, and that it has perfectly positioned us for a reset. For a reset in her life. You see, I think there's some areas in her life that are not quite operating the way that God had intended, and today we want to talk about that. However, before we go there, I, I have some extremely important things to share with you, and you really need to lean in. I, I got to share with you uh, a few bad dad jokes, all right? All right, all right, <laughs> nothing like them. Okay. Uh, and answer in your living rooms, right? You write these down i mean this this is great, okay. Uh, what concert costs just forty five cents? Fifty cents featuring nickelback <laughs> why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It was just too tired. <laughs> Why do melons have weddings? Why do melons have weddings? Because they can't elope. All right? What's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well dressed man on a bicycle? It's simply a tire. <laughs> how, many, how many apples grow on trees? All of them. <laughs> why do you never see an elephant hiding behind a tree? Because they're so good at it. (laughs) Why did the invisible man turn down the job offer? Because he just couldn't see himself doing it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, these are wonderful. (laughs) Okay. How do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Why did the math book look so sad? Because of all of its problems. What do you call cheese that is not yours? Nacho cheese. <laughs> all right. You know, I like telling dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs. laughs. Okay. laughter's a good thing, right? I mean, we can't let any hard time steal our joy. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, all right? And Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So uh, no matter what we're going through, with difficulty, this or any other, you know, you can't let it steal your joy, right? Joy's a good thing. If this thing is contagious, we can make joy and laughter contagious as well. Okay, let's do this. Perfectly positioned for a reset. Reset. You're smaller than you thought you were. And listen, if there's one thing that, This coronavirus has taught everyone, and I mean everyone, is that we are much smaller than we thought we were. I understand the most, the smartest, the most powerful, the most influential people in the world are trying to figure this thing out. They're trying to understand it. They're trying to get ahead of this microscopic virus. Yes, without a doubt, one thing everyone has figured out is that despite their power, despite the letters after their name, despite their financial resources, this pandemic is so much bigger than they are. Yeah, a couple of months ago, uh, they may have believed that they were powerful and that they were in control. You may have thought the same thing. But listen, anytime we think we're in control, that, that is simply an illusion. But now they know and we know That no matter how intelligent we are, no matter how capable, no matter how big we think we are, we're actually pretty small. Smaller than we thought we were. I think we're kind of like this dog right here. Is going to show up on the screen behind me. Like, the dog on the right thought he was big until he met the dog on the left, right? He's like, yo, can we be friends? You can have my kibble, right? I'll go share with you, right? Uh, Reset. You're not as big as you thought you were. You're not as capable as you thought you were. You're not as in control as you thought you were. And that's not a bad thing. Because there's someone who is, as we sang a few minutes ago, right? It's not a bad thing to find out you're small. Because there's someone who is bigger than you thought he was. And that's someone is God. That's Jesus. Listen to these words from Colossians 1, 15 through 17. I'll, I'll be using the NIV 2011 version. Um, you, you know, I actually liked the 1984, but, you know, it's not there anymore. You can find it, but it's hard. I don't know why you version doesn't have it. it kind of makes me upset. If anybody watching from you version got some input. Can we stick the nineteen eighty four NIV on there? Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Colossians one fifteen through seventeen. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything, for everything was created by him. In heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and by him all things hold together. Seems like Jesus is pretty big, right? And in Isaiah chapter 40, God's people for generations have been going through a very hard time times of crisis, times of famine, times of war, times of foreign oppression. And so God goes to Jeremiah, and he says this to Jeremiah in Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at the uh, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her. And and, and one of the ways that God wanted Isaiah to comfort his people was by reminding them just how big he is. Uh, uh, Look at verse uh, 12. Talking about how big our God is. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? There's a lot of water on this planet, isn't there? Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Okay. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Verse 15. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They're regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Verse 17, before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. Verse 21, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And his people are like grasshoppers. They're pretty small. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they grown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them. And they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each one of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God? God doesn't know what I'm going through. God doesn't know I'm struggling. God doesn't know I'm afraid. God doesn't know the difficulties we're going through. Do you not know? Have you not heard? What I'm trying to say, and I know what God is trying to say, is that you are smaller than you think you are. But that's okay. Because God is so much bigger than you ever thought he was. I understand, God is in control. He is before all things, he's over all things, and God holds all things together. And and he wants you to, to lean on and to trust in him and depend on him. And that's why Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a prayer of dependence. And, and one thing, at least in, in our country and our, our first world problems, you know, we don't every day wonder if we're going to eat. We don't have a daily dependence of God. But this is reminding us that daily we need to depend on Him because we don't know what's coming up around the next turn. Hey, and you know what else that, that God has Isaiah share with His people to let them know and to comfort them? Not just that He's really, really big. But that he really, really, really cares. Check this out, verse 11. It's right before he goes into all this thing about how huge God is. This huge God who stretches out the stars, so the oceans in his hands. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I'm going to read that again because I don't think some of you are paying attention. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs, that would be you, in his arms and carries them close to his heart and gently leads them that have you. God is bigger than you thought he was. God cares more about you than you thought he did. And he cares about what you're going through. I love this prayer of David. Then we'll move on to the next reset. But David went through a lot of troubles, a lot of difficulties. And here's a time when he was feeling really small I love this. Hear my cry, oh God. Psalm 61, 1 and 2. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Is your heart faint? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Right? And God, I'm not big enough, but you're big enough. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I, that is higher than my problems, that is higher than my difficulties. And understand it. If one thing that this COVID-19 coronavirus does, if if it causes people to realize they're small and depend on a big God, then I would say God is working all things out for the good. Not all things are good, but he's working all things out for good because it's very good for you to start depending on God and thinking you're all that, all right? Because you're not. God is big. You're not. Get it? Get it? Good. Thank you back there. Some of you weren't paying attention. I see that. I love playing with this camera. Uh, Reset. Uh, We're more alike than you thought you were. We're more alike than you thought we were. I don't know if you notice, but the world tends to want to magnify and point out all the ways that we are different from each other. Race, skin color, education, careers, where you live, east coast, west coast, big city, little city, northeast, southeast, by age, economic status? Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are you liberal or conservative? Are you a patriot lover or New England patriot hater, right? Try to divide us. We should all be patriot lovers, right? That's what God would want now. But however, sorry, the coronavirus reminded us that despite what we have thought that, despite what we've been fed, that we're not all that different. I mean, we have seen this coronavirus, we've seen People test positive from people you know, royal, in the royal family, politicians, movie stars, rock stars, sports stars, first responders, young, old, male, female, prisoners, correctional officers, people in big cities, people in small cities. People all across the country and all across the globe have tested positive for this. And people all across the country and all across the globe are are facing the same kind of things, are having the same kind of questions, are, are are all washing their hands more than they've ever washed their hands in their entire life. That's why I believe we're perfectly positioned for a reset. You are more alike than you thought you were. Which shouldn't surprise us, right? I mean, after all, in the very first chapter of mankind's story, your story, my story, God said... So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. You see, there's not a single human being on this planet, there's not a single human being that you've ever laid eyes on that is not made in the image of God. Amen? Amen. Reset. We're more like than you thought we were. And I think now's a great time to recognize that fact. I think now is a great time to focus on the fact that we are alike, uh, that we are all made in the image of God, and that we all can be a part of maybe lessening the division in our country, because division in our homes, division in our world. Um, Jesus said this, right? In Luke 11, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And a house divided against itself will be ruined, right? And I just want to encourage you, you know what? Forget about the differences. Focus on the way that we're like and you look for ways, look for steps that you can take the lessen or division and, and to bring about more unity in our country, in our world, in our community. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 133 verse 1 how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. So let's hit the reset button. Uh, next, reset. Stop attaching your life to things that won't last. Stop attaching your life to things that won't last. Now, I'm sure that most of you have played the game of Monopoly at least once. Raise your hands. Come on, you on the couch, raise your hands. In a recliner, raise your hands. Okay, put down the coffee, raise your hands. Okay. And the goal of Monopoly, is like the go any game, is to win, right? And Monopoly, to win, means that you own the best property and the most expensive property. You own Boardwalk, Park Place, Pennsylvania Avenue... It means that you own one or two of the railroads, right? B&O, Pennsylvania, the Reading, or the Short Line. It means that you have several houses, a bunch of motels, that you have successfully avoided both jail and the luxury tax, and of course that you have a boatload of cash. Ever played a game? Ever win? Ever do really well? I mean, you have lots of money, you own all the railroads, the bank is borrowing money from you, and you have more hotels than the Holiday Inn, Right? You won. But let me ask you a question. What happens when the game is over? It all, every hotel, every house, every piece of property, every dollar, it all goes back in the box. And so it is with earthly life. I Understand, it's not a bad thing to play the game well. But we must make sure that in the process of playing the game well, that we don't forget that one thing that's standing at the end, that one day the game will end. It all goes back in the box. Every car, every house, every boat, every piece of jewelry, every 401k, every stock, every bond, even your body, it all goes back in the box. And listen, I think this coronavirus pandemic has perfectly positioned you for a reset to stop attaching your life to things that will not last. Jesus' best friend, most think, the Apostle John tried to warn us of this very thing in the letter he wrote. 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. Here's what he says. Do not love the world. Now he's talking about the worldly system and worldly values and worldly way of doing things. Do not love the world or the things that belong to the world. If anyone loves the world... Love for the Father is not in him. For everything that belongs to the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's lifestyle is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away. But the one who does God's will will remain forever. The world and everything in it is what is passing away. It's not going to last. Guess what? Your body is not going to last here, here's an encouraging verse for you right here. James 4.14. What is your life? You are a mist <laughs> that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Question. Right now, do you have some attachment to things in this world that are not going to last, that really have a grip on you? Reset. Stop attaching your life to things that won't last. Hey, suppose you got into a time machine and you found yourself in Southampton, England on April the 10th, 1912. Would you purchase a ticket to board the ship? Why not, right? Because you know that in less than five days on April the 15th, The Titanic would hit an iceberg and it would sink, right? You wouldn't buy a ticket. You wouldn't attach yourself to that boat because you knew the outcome wasn't so good in just five days. See, God is telling us in 1 John, that's our world, right? That's worldly values and worldly things and the things we attach ourselves to. He says, hey, they're not going to last, right? Right? You're attaching yourself, you're buying a ticket to a boat that's going to hit an iceberg before you know it, and those things are not going to last. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is talking about, oh, there's a camera over here, sorry. I'm back. I was talking to these people over here, but there's actually no one over here. You're here, and I'm here, and that's good. <laughs> but but anyhow, in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, Paul is talking about, he's talking about all the difficulties that he was going through, and... And how he made it through those difficulties and the focus that he had. And, and he, he wraps up with this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Went through a lot of hard times. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For late and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary. And what is unseen is eternal. See, see, what is temporary is the hardships. Uh, what is temporary is the pain. What is temporary is, is the difficulty. What is temporary is, is the struggles. And, and what is eternal is the forever victory, the ultimate victory that we have in Jesus, right? God tells us the outcome, right? He says... Paul says these momentary troubles are far outweighed by what waits for us. And that's what God wants us to keep in mind, right? We know the outcome. And knowing the outcome makes a a huge difference. Uh, Yesterday was a holiday for New England Patriot fans. Holiday is 328. um, In remembrance of the fact that the New England Patriots were behind deep in the, we have a picture there. This is deep in the third quarter. New England 3, Atlanta 28, March 28, right? And I went on YouTube. I watched the whole game yesterday. And I got to be honest with you. When I first watched it, with youth in my house, it was terrible. I, 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 I think I squeezed my leg and hurt myself. It was terrible. I was so stressed out. I was panicking. I was upset. I was angry. And yesterday, I loved it. Score a touchdown. Go ahead, Atlanta owner. Dance in your owner's box. Smile. It's good. Woohoo! I didn't care because I knew the outcome. We know the outcome, right? We know the outcome that in Christ is a final victory, no matter what we're going through, right? Yeah, there'll be setbacks. We'll take hits on the field. We'll look at the scoreboard sometimes. It'll look like we're behind, right? But the reality is one day the game will be over and for... Jesus and his people, it is nothing but an ultimate victory. Get it? Good. Reset. Stop attaching your life to things that won't last. Reset. Start attaching your life to what really matters. Uh, one day an expert in time management gave a group of business students a, a, a lesson and drove up a point that these students will, will never forget. And what he did, he he brought out a, a, a two-gallon wide mouth pickle jar, and he put it on the desk in front of him. And then he grabbed a, about a half dozen huge rocks, and he, he put those into the, the pickle jar until the last one was like even with the brim. And he, he asked his students, he said, hey, is this pickle jar full? And they said, yes. And he said, really? And he reached under his desk, and he got some gravel And he took the gravel and he put it in the pickle jar and he shook it and it filled in the space between the rocks. And he asked the question again, so is this pickle jar full? Well, by now they caught on that he was this, you know, kind of tricked them. And and they said, no. He says, you're right. And then he went in and he he got some sand and he put the sand in and the sand worked its way in between the gravel and the rocks. And he said, is it full? And they said, no. And finally he grabbed a pitcher of water and he, he poured it in and It began to flow over the brim, and and then he said to them, what's the point of this illustration? And, And one eager student raised his hand and said, hey, the point is that no matter how full your schedule is, if you try really hard, you can always fit more stuff in. And the instructor said, no, that's not the point. He says, the point is this, that if you don't put the big rocks in first, you'd never be able to get them in at all. If you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never be able to get those rocks in at all. And and so the question is, what are the big rocks? What are the things that that really, really, really matter? And and I'm going to let Jesus answer that for us. He's a lot smarter than than me. Uh, In Matthew chapter 22. You need to start attaching your life to what really matters. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So so what are the big rocks? Well, well, big rock number one would be your relationship with God. Big rock number one is loving God with all you got, loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and all your strength. So we need to start attaching. You need to start attaching your life to things that really matter. And the thing that matters above all things is your relationship with God. God. And so I just have a question, right? Today, March 29, 2020, how is your relationship with God? How is it? Now, now maybe, maybe you're here, you know, watching this and you, you've never surrendered your life and obeyed the gospel. If that's where you are, I would encourage you, you know, someone out there, just type in the comments, you know, my email, steve at thegrovesseaville.org, and let me know. I'd like to talk about, to you about how you can have this relationship with God, how you can surrender your life to Him and, and be a Christ follower and have your future secure. But I also want to ask those who may have been following Jesus for a while, how, how's your relationship with God? Because yeah, what happens is sometimes we allow the gravel, the sand, And the rocks and the water to displace God in our life. Like you're just too busy living life to have time for God. And, and, and here's an opportunity for a reset. You know, because you, you know He's important, but you just haven't given the time that you should have given Him. Hit the reset button. Say, God, You're the most important thing. Quit making excuses of why you can't spend time with Him and spend time with Him. If you don't know how to do that, just let us know. We'd love to help you because really the driving force on Maple Grove is connecting everybody to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Big rock number two is, is your relationships. It's loving the people in your life the way that God loves you. Is loving them the way that you know you're supposed to love them. And let's be honest, we don't always do so good at that, right? Uh, uh, we say things we shouldn't say in ways we shouldn't say them. We do things we shouldn't do. and We don't do the things that we should, right? And and, and what an opportunity to say, hey, you know what really matters is my relationships. And what an opportunity to reset and say, you know what, my marriage is important. I'm going to work on it. My relationship with my mom, my dad, my kids is important. I'm going to work on that. You know what, I got a relationship that's not what it needs to be. I need to pick up the phone and call somebody. Maybe your reset is you need to forgive somebody or ask for forgiveness. Reset. Start attaching your life to things that really matter. You know, though hard and difficult, I I think this coronavirus and here, I'm seriously really about done, so just really pay attention, okay? Seriously. Though hard and difficult, this coronavirus has perfectly positioned you for a reset. You are smaller than you thought you were. We are more alike than you thought we were. Stop attaching your life to things that won't last and start attaching your life to things that matter. And when all is said and done, if you come out of this recognizing that you're smaller and that smallness causes you to lean into God, and at this time causes you to realize we're more alike than we're different and you work to remove divisions and build unity, and at this time causes you to let go of things that won't last, and stop attaching your life to them. And if this time causes you to say, you know what matters more than anything? My relationship with God and other people, then this outcome will be an incredible outcome and God will work this difficulty out for good. But the thing is, it's your choice. See, I can hit my reset button, but I can't hit yours. And I pray that you do. I want to end with this, the prayer of David as the as the a, as a praise team comes up. Hear my cry, oh God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, I pray you work. I thank you for technology. I thank you that there's people listening right now that maybe didn't know they were going to be. And God, I just pray they realize there's an opportunity to hit the reset button. I pray that they do that. Most importantly, hit the reset button with you. God, we thank you that you are a rock that is higher than we are. And God, thank you that it's okay to be small because you're so big. And thank you, God, for reminding us of what really matters. Forgive us for attaching our lives. And Holy Spirit, search our hearts. Help us let go of those things. We love you. Amen.